Last week, I did something really fun, and it stretched me, my team, and my students. On today's episode, I want to share a little bit of the behind the scenes of that experience with you. As a bonus for joining our top program, we had a two-day selling and social media summer camp in Nashville, Tennessee. I wasn't sure how it would go, but it surpassed all of my expectations, and I had to do something I've never done before. I'm going to open the door and I'm going to share what went well and maybe what could have gone better. Stick with me. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast. And I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. I think sometimes as business owners, we make our businesses way more complicated than they need to be. Are you guilty? Go on, be honest. I've spent the last 20 years creating education to teach photographers in the most simple and easy way how to run a profitable business. But one part that I have never done for my students is let them watch the entire process from start to finish in one day live with an actual client. My students have asked for it for years. And so this year I thought, you know what? I got to find a way to do this. So first off, I wanted to do it in a fun city where we could do that on day one. And then on day two, they would practice implementing things they've learned regarding social media. So even if they weren't into social media, they were practicing cues of talking to people and making friends and bonding with their community. And so we picked a really cool city, Nashville, Tennessee, where they have all those cool murals and all these things happening. And we made it like a summer camp. So for two days, everybody was together. But what I want to talk about today was day one. And I want to share the details about how I completed a session. We built the presentation and then I gave the sales presentation to the client. All in one day with like, I don't even know, 70 or 80 photographers watching me live. So I'm going to get detailed and I'm going to share what went well And also what didn't go quite according to plan. And uh, I want you to know that you're never going to go 100% according to plan. It just isn't going to happen and that's okay. And what I really loved about this is that it really showed my students that even after being in business for 25 years, no matter what my plan was and I shared the plan with them, it's never going to go exactly according to plan. And that's okay because I have the skills that I need and 
I just really come from a place of serving my client. What do they need? What do I need to do to be able to help this order smoothly and simply happen? When I'm teaching, I love to create tools for my students so that when something unexpected happens, they don't freak out. (laughs) So one of the tools that I created, we call on my toes and back on my feet. So what I want you to know, because you can now use this tool, is that when you're out there serving your clients and you're hustling and you're being on your toes, good things will come to you, right? So when you're on your toes, I want you to know that because you're out there and you're doing the work and you're not stuck in paralysis by analysis, that you can give yourself permission to make decisions in the moment, right? When you're on your toes, you can't always say, Um, oh, let me pause this session and we'll continue it tomorrow, (laughs) right? Or we need to stop this whole entire presentation and finish it later. It doesn't work that way. So sometimes you have to take what you know, the information that you have, and you make a decision. And you know what? It's going to be okay. Because when you get back on your feet, you can look at, okay, what did I learn from this? What should I have done? What could I do differently next time? And if I mess something up, how can I fix it? The thing is, sometimes there's nothing better you could have done in the moment. And even if there was something better, you learned a valuable lesson. You learned a valuable lesson. Like the one time as an adult, I was shifting gears on my bike while I was standing up pedaling. Well, I guess I didn't ever realize that you can't be standing up pedaling and shifting. And it flipped me over the handlebars. (laughs) And you know what? I'll never make that mistake again. I learned a valuable lesson and it was a little bit of a painful one. But you know what? We have to learn some of those lessons the harder way. And the key is having a safe place to land, which is what I wanted my students to see. Like when they're in this community, we can fix anything later. It is a safe place to land. We held this event at what is now a church that has been sold to the business owner who's going to run events there eventually, um, but he uses it for his own events, but it was set up like a church. So think about this. There's a, a like kind of a stage up front. All of the, the church materials were removed, so it just looks like a blank slate and all of the chairs facing. And so I was having this session with a ton of people watching in a foreign place, right? It wasn't my studio. We took lighting in, we took background and a floor in because we didn't know what to expect when we got there. And it's of course going to be different than a session in my studio where I know where everything is. I know how everything works. It's exactly the way I want it, which is what I love about my studio. Same thing if you photograph it in the natural light outside, you you know the light, you know what to expect, you know how to get consistent results. So this in itself was a little out of my comfort zone because I've done location things before, but has been a while because it's not my favorite. And I have this gorgeous studio that people can come to me. So typically now, if I do location, I simply photograph outdoors. Or I'll photograph in people's homes. I don't set up at a space with lights like we did here. But it was fine because um, we set the lights up super simple way. We didn't have as much width because we were photographing sideways up on this this sort of, I'm going to call it a stage. So on the left, we put one background. And on the right, we put another background. And so halfway through, we flipped the lights from a neutral background to a bright colored paper roll background where we had to flip the colors three times. And so it was a little tricky, but 
I had a plan of what I felt like the client would want and would want to purchase. And so I know if I use more than one background and sort of um, product mix that I'm going to have a larger order. Okay, so the week before the session, we had a Zoom consultation with the client. Now, I don't like to do this weeks and weeks out because quite frankly, I get clients confused. I forget details, whatever the case is. And so I just want to make sure that I have it close enough to this session. And the client was out of town. He was in a different city than his wife. And so we were working with his schedule and it ended up being in a way where we couldn't have both of the parents on at the same time. This is not ideal because we always want both decision makers, but the time was set, the event was scheduled and and we had to do the best we could. And so we were going back and forth that week before and I had to just be on my toes and I said, okay, let's hop on a Zoom because I wanted to have that conversation. What's interesting is in my photography business, I typically work with the wife but in this case it was the husband who became the client and and I knew he would love the artwork and we had the consultation and it was fantastic and he said I am definitely the decision maker he said my wife will be there and but he said his wife was was quieter than him and I ended up bonding with her she was absolutely fabulous Um, and so we worked through it And um, I also knew that I would meet her at the consultation at the home, which I did. I would have preferred, you know, back on my toes or back on my feet. I would have preferred to have both of them there, but um, I was able to get both of them back at the in-person consultation at their home. And so, you know, sometimes we have to do on the spot, we have to do what we have to do because the time was set and there was no way to move it. And with everybody being in different cities and not being able to coordinate schedules with people traveling and being on planes. That's what it was. So anyway, um, we had that phone call. It was great. I learned about the boys. So in this consultation, I want to get as much information about everyone in the family, names, ages, interests, all of those types of things. We can create this session together. And so one of the things I loved about this dad is that he is a very hands-on dad, crazy about his boys. And so it was fun to go through the ages and the names and what they're into. The oldest boy who is nine is the quieter one. And he said, oh my gosh, he's super easy. He will be no problem. And then he said the two little ones get wound up really quickly, <laughs> which I love. And, and part of the reason I picked and wanted to work with a client with three littler kids. They're not babies, but I, I love the chaos. I love the energy that comes from little kids. And so people are like, oh my gosh, you're going to do that in a room of photographers live. And I said, yeah, because this is my jam. This is what I love. And so during this consultation is when I figure out, okay, what's the best way to get this session done? And how can I serve the client in the best way? And when we were talking, the dad let me know that the middle boy had some special needs and he wasn't verbal, um, but that you could understand what he wanted. Like he's, he's a good communicator, but he doesn't speak. And so um, I typically don't want to meet the kids before because one of my favorite things is when they first come into my studio, they're a little bit shy and apprehensive. And I love that because especially knowing there were three little boys and they get wound up and they're excited, which is what I love. I also know that that first three to five minutes of the session can be magic because they come in and they're a little bit pensive. But in this case, 
knowing that we had a special needs little boy to work with, I wanted to meet him and I wanted to really create a relationship with him and gain his trust. And it ended up working out beautifully. And I just fell in love with all of these boys, but I only got to meet two of them at the, at that consultation. But for me, it became more important to make sure that we were able to do an in-person consultation at their home. So I had done it on Zoom, but then I knew I want to do it again. I want to meet the wife who is precious and I want to meet these boys and, and really start to build that relationship and see if there was anything I could learn about any of them that would help me serve them better the next day, which was, which was great. And, you know, after that consultation with just the dad and realizing, dang, I wish I would have had the mom there, I knew even more so um, learning about the kids that I wanted to go to their home and meet the kids and see the house. I don't always have to go to my clients' homes and see their homes. If they don't ask me to, I often don't. Usually I do it with my existing clients who I've I've photographed multiple times. I kind of want to go to their home and see what have we done? What what are we missing? Like maybe we did black and white last time. This time we're going to do more color. We've done more studio. Let's do outdoor. I don't always remember because my clients typically come to me for years and years. And so when I go to their homes, I learn a lot. But in this case, I wouldn't have necessarily needed to see their home, but I really wanted to because I wanted to know, I wanted to meet the mom, I wanted to meet the boys, and I also wanted to look at their spaces, knowing nothing really about them and being in a new city. Um, and using this as a teaching lesson, I wanted to show what we call room views to my students so that they could see what the artwork looks like in the client's room, in the client's home. Now let's go to the day before I was with the client and all my students for this session. I went to the client's house to have that consultation and it was great. I was able to see their spaces. I was able to meet the kids. I got to know the boys a little bit. I got to start to build a relationship and gain their trust. They were at old enough ages at five, six, and nine that I didn't worry about it winding them up too early. Had they been one, three, and five, I, I want as little exposure to them as possible because if they're too comfortable with me, they'll come flying in with all of their energy. And so this is just one of those uh, energy management things I've learned over time with working with kids because I love working with kids. And uh, I wanted them to have a great experience and also knowing that we had the extra sort of pressure of, you know, 80, 90 people all staring at them. <laughs> and so um, when I went to their home, it was precious. The, the kids were great. And I was able to learn what clothing, like especially the, the middle boy had specific things that he liked and wanted to wear. But also once we picked him out, we picked out some some clothes that were harmonious with the whole family. The parents said, oh, you know, all the boys, they'll be fine. They'll wear whatever you pick. And so we did and they did and it, it worked out perfectly. And so it's just better to pre-talk about these things. You know, do you have any concerns with flash? Uh, you know, the strobe going off because one of my students did a program on special needs children and photographing them. And she reminded me that sometimes that strobe can create seizures um, depending on what the needs of the kids are. And so it, it's just great that we have this, this community to support each other. And it really helped me um, to really be prepared. And so we were able to talk through all of those things because I didn't want any surprises or to not be a prepared photographer. So the consultation went great, but what could have been better was on me. 
we were coming from out of town. And so when we got to town, we unloaded everything at the event site and then we went to the client's home. But one of the bags that was supposed to go to the client's home got unloaded at the event site. And so I had to do the consultation without my materials, which I've done before and it's not my preference, but again, I'm a professional and I knew it would be fine. And so one of the things that I had taken was an album and a book. I actually had two things. <laughs> I had an album and a book. And so I reminded myself that next morning after we finished the session and and we were done and they were walking out, I said to the dad, hey, we got so many of these great images because we really did. And I'll talk about the session in a minute, but we got way more than I ever thought we would get. And I said, have you ever thought about a book or an album? And how do you feel about that? And he said, you know, we never have looked at our wedding album. And he said, I'm not a, a wedding. And he said, I'm not a, a book album person. He said, I really want these for my walls. And this saved so much time because then we were getting ready to build the presentation because this was all happening in one day. And so we really had to, you know, come down back on our feet. Like in the moment I had to do the consultation the way it was, but then I came back to my feet and I said, Hey, you know, I've got to make sure I, I, get this as tight as possible. And there's a big difference between how we create the presentation if people are interested in a book and an album versus wall portraits. And so when he said that he was interested more in the wall portraits and not the book and album, I knew that we needed to get the presentation tighter. And so we only had a couple hours between the time they left and the time they were coming back and we were eating lunch in there and, and doing some other things. And so it was really great that I was able to do that before the presentation. So again, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to realize, oh gosh, I missed that step. I'm going to come back and pick that step up. So ideally, I would have had that book and album there, but I didn't and it worked out just fine. And so I just want you to know that, you know, <laughs> even the best laid plan by someone who's been doing it 25 years doesn't always go the best way possible. You know, and the other thing, when we went to the client's home, I had my three interns who were there measuring the house and I had the video crew who was getting footage for my students that couldn't be there and for them to watch in the future. And so it kind of created a lot of chaos that wouldn't normally be there. And so I was working with the client and, and we had dogs there and the kids were there and my video crew was there. And I had the kids in my intern who my, my children are adults and they're photographers. They're in still one's in college. One just got out. And so I said, Hey, go around and photograph their walls, but I didn't give them enough direction on exactly how to do it for the software so that we could, um, show the client their artwork to scale. And that will come up again in a moment. And so again, we, we were hustling, we were on our toes. We'd created chaos because we brought one, two, three, four, five, six. There were seven of us who, who descended on this poor family <laughs> and, uh, created a little bit of chaos. So again, at the end of the day, it all worked out, but I didn't give my team clear enough direction on exactly how to photograph the walls and measure them so that we could easily build the presentation. Again, normally it would be just Andrea and I, and she would do it exactly the way we need it. So part of this, these things that happened, happened because of the situation. Um, we were trying to record it and I had extra helpers to make sure everything went okay. And that's not typical, but I wanted people to see like that happens and we worked right through it just like you can. Okay. Then the next day, day one of our event, the clients came in and we created this session. 
What's interesting though, before they came in, we talked about the consultation. What my plan was, was for the family. I was going to start with the hardest one first, which is the whole family, right? While everybody's calm and quiet and they haven't warmed up yet and, and started getting some energy, I wanted to get that family image, right? Get that in the bag. And then I was going to photograph the three boys together. And then I was going to do each parent with each boy and then the boys alone. And so I told everybody, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do which is great, right? We had a plan. Well, what happened was because the two little boys are, you know, have more energy and the older ones quieter, the parents had really well prepped the two younger boys for what was happening, but didn't really tell the older boy much of what was happening because they didn't think they needed to, right? He does a lot of this stuff. He goes around with the dad and, and goes to work with him and does different things with him. And so, when they walked in the door and he saw the lights set up and all the people and it was up on the stage, he kind of just paused and he's like, oh, I'm not going in there. <laughs> and so it was like that unexpected, right? We were ready for the two little ones to get, to get each other wound up or whatever was going to happen. But you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we've got a family of five. And if one doesn't show up, we have nothing. We have no order. And what, of course, the parents are, were amazing. But what parents want to do is they want their kids to come in and do the thing. And the parents were great. And I, I saw the dad start to walk over and he was like, son, you, you know, you need to come in here and, and do this. And before it, it even could escalate or anything happened, um, what I know after years of working with kids is I just expect that one is going to either not want to do it or be scared or be shy or just be having a bad day. Like, I just expect that. And so my philosophy of what I do is I just ignore them, right? I just move on to something else. And hopefully that that's something that if you're wanting to do children, you haven't done a lot of them. If, if someone just isn't ready to participate, um, or, you know, whether they're just scared or they're having a full-blown meltdown, I just take the the spotlight off of them because they just need a minute to figure out what's going on and get themselves together. And the more attention and you go, it's okay. And everybody's trying to calm them. It, it, it can make the situation worse. <laughs> and I know this from having raised kids, right? You just sort of let them have a moment to themselves. And so I realized quickly, okay, hey, 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 dad, we're good. Everybody, we're good. Let's start with... Um, the, the middle boy just came right in and he hopped up on the stool. He was all smiles and we made a connection from the day before. And so I said, Hey, let's start with this little guy with each parent. And so we did each parent with the middle child. And then we did each parent with the little guy. And what, what was cute, I noticed out of the side of my eye, the, the oldest boy now had come in the room and was sitting on the steps to the stage. Exactly what we wanted, right? I knew he, he would come around or I'd hoped, but I knew he just didn't know what to expect. And so he just wanted to check it out first. And so it's like going to the dentist, right? Send the little ones in first. And if they're okay, then I'll go. <laughs> and so he was watching and he saw that everything was safe. And I kind of engaged him. We, we had a little joke or something that happened. And I, um, I realized like he looked back up at me and I thought, okay, we've made a connection. I'm going to give it a shot and see if we can't bring the family up. Because I knew if I brought him up alone with the parents, it probably was too much attention on him. And so we set the family up 
And I put him away from the audience on a chair. I put him on the far side. So I kind of set the family up and I said, hey, buddy, come on over here. I said, nobody will even see you here. And, he, and, and literally nobody really could see him because the family was blocking him. And so he was sitting there and I just, again, was giving direction to everyone else. And I kind of poked him a little bit or like nudged his feet in the right way, but not really trying to give him much attention because I know he was self-conscious. So I started just taking some images, not even sure that they were going to turn out because I knew that I hadn't connected with this last person in the family yet. And then I started joking with dad and teasing dad. And I knew dad had a great personality and I could do that with him. And all of a sudden the emphasis wasn't on the kids and they were giggling, right? About dad's stinky feet and, and the different things. And so boom, I had it. And I was like, so quick, getting it, getting it, getting it. And, uh, okay. I was like, okay, we at least have a family image of all of them. And so we got it, 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 um, we got through that. And then we put the three boys together and, they were three in a row. We had different stools and we brought this cool piece of wood that we had made. It was a tree stump and it was white. We had it made into this really cool stool and we had, we had really cool stools, but we had them sitting in a row and it it just was kind of awkward. Um, That was one of the takeaways from the students of how I pose and I sort of let it happen versus like, okay, everybody sit and, you know, try to make it perfect. I sort of go with more of a free flow approach. I put them in a situation where they can engage with each other and then I make tweaks. I don't start by putting them exactly where I want them. And so I realized that they were all three sitting there being very good, but very awkward, right? Like they're just doing what they're told. And so I handed Andrea the camera, which I do occasionally. And I said, just start shooting, you know? And I walked over and I started kind of tickling them and, and poking them. And I always ask first, like, hey, do you mind if I move your foot over a little bit or whatever? And I get them comfortable. And then I kind of just start teasing them a little. And I start getting them in a way that looked more comfortable. And then I went back and I took the camera back from Andrea, which a student at the end asked, you know, why did you do that? Why did you have Andrea start taking the images? And I said, look, I just knew that what I had wasn't what I wanted. And sometimes the second you create a moment, you don't have time to get back to your camera. (laughs) If I were photographing alone, I would have had to do that, but you never know when the magic will happen. And with three kids and we're on stage, I said, I just wanted somebody getting it. So if it came from someone else, I didn't care. Like we just needed to get it. And so we got that. And then I got the parents with the last boy and we got individuals on that background. And then uh, one of the kids was done and he was like, okay, I'm ready to move on. And what we had done, and and this was nice because we kind of got to know the boys the day before. And one of them loved our tape measure as we were measuring things. And so we had been out running errands and we were at Target and I said, hey, let's get some toys for our treasure chest. We brought our really cool treasure chest because I knew when they saw it that it would buy me some time. I save it until the end. I hide it until I need to bribe them because we know the parents can't bribe them. They're always saying, hey, if you're good, we'll go to McDonald's or we'll go to Dairy Queen or whatever it is. We'll get a treat. But they kind of tune parents out. But when I bring out this gorgeous, bright colored, hand carved treasure chest on wheels, I can get an extra minute, a couple sessions, you know, a couple images or whatever it is I need. And so we waited until 
somebody was sort of like, okay, I've been there and done that. And I said, oh my gosh, we have a surprise for you. And I said, but what I need you to do is go change shirts and then we're going to do one more thing and then you can get a treasure. Boom. All three of them and the parents, well, we were done with the parents, but all three of the boys went and changed shirts while we were able to flip the lights to the other backgrounds. And um, we showed them the treasure chest and they were just, boom, everything we wanted from there on out. Like sometimes I can only get one more image after the bribe, but they were back and refocused again because they just really wanted that. <laughs> Another uh, sort of wouldn't have done in the future is we had snacks for the photographers outside of the door. And my young people were in charge of that, right? We just said, get this stuff. We didn't give them specifics. Well, one of the things was a bag of Doritos and we always at the studio buy things like Smarties if we need to give the kids any type of food or treat because Smarties melt in their mouth different than M&Ms that get chocolate everywhere. But Doritos would never be something that we give. And so we had a little Dorito moment with, you know, <laughs> trying to get Doritos away from the kids and like get their hands and their faces wiped with parent, which parents hopped right in, wiped them up and they went right back to being amazing. And so, um, Again, all those little things that once you do it once, you'll never do it again, right? You offer Doritos, you will learn never, never do that again. And again, we, we would know better than to do that, but we, it never occurred to even us when all those snacks were standing out there that the kids would walk right by them and of course would be welcome to them, but there were Doritos, bright orange, at least my favorite color. <laughs> I don't think people are going to buy wall portraits though with Dorito fingers and Dorito faces, so we got through that one, but I wanted to share it because hopefully it can save you from that in the future. And what's funny after we finished up, I think this session was about an hour and 10 minutes, which is a little long for me, but we had five people and we had two different backgrounds. And for me, if I have a plan where like I wanted that second background because we'd brought different colors. And if you've ever seen my work, I love bright colored backgrounds because it's a whole nother product. So we do a collection of nine or four with these bright colored backgrounds. And so I know they're going to buy more. And so for me, if they're still with me, I'm going to keep going. And if they would have been done and just not wanting to, to play my game anymore after the first background, it would have been fine. I had great stuff, but if I can get more, I get more. And so they wanted to keep going and were able and excited. And so we kept going. So it was about an hour 10. And it was so funny because I just had gone into such a hyper-focused place that I forgot we had all these photographers, an entire room of them watching. And they were so good because I told them at the beginning, hey guys, you can't coach, you can't jump in and, and cheer up the boys if something goes wrong. Like this is a session, right? So you are just watching like we're, we're like, you're at the zoo and we're the zoo animals and you're just like, Oh, look at them. Right. And you got to keep it zipped. And so, um, they were great. I'm sure they were wanting to jump in and do this or that, but they were saying how much they loved watching me have to ebb and flow. And again, you never are going to have the same session twice. You guys know that you're photographers. So you just have to be prepared for anything. But I think if you have a takeaway from this, it's if one of the, the kiddos doesn't want to participate for whatever reason, take the emphasis off them, pull the parents away, give them a moment to breathe, and then they'll want to get in action. They just will. They see that others are getting attention or treats or whatever it is, and they're going to want in on it. So just have patience. 
So we got through the session and I told them after the family left, I said, guys, that was exactly what I wanted. Like I got every image that I wanted. And we did some Q&A and people were asking about, you know, the fact that I got out of order of my plan. They said, you had a plan. And what, what did you think when the, the one boy wouldn't come in? And I said, yeah, it was a plan, but it's just like in basketball, you know, you do an inbounds play and it's like, oh, this person's going to set a pick for this person. And then they're going to pick and roll and they're going to go to the basket and make it. Well, they, you come out and they're double teaming the person that was supposed to get the ball. And so you have to just, you have to do the best you can and you make it happen. And so I knew what my next play was. Like I had a backup play and a backup play and I just did it in a different order. And so I think that was one of the things that people saw that like you can have a plan and do it out of order and it's not going to be perfect. And even if I would have gotten a half or a third of what I got, I would have had a great order. And so it was fun for everybody to see, you know, see it happen in action. So now we had a a couple hour period. We had lunch in there. So we had three or four hours total to get the presentation ready for the client. And so Andrea was doing that. She downloaded and and was was doing an edit on the images because of course I created way too many images because I have five people and I was going fast. I had to make sure I got it. So normally it might have been fewer, but um, everybody went and got lunch out down the hall while Andrew was cranking through, getting it ready, getting it ready. And had we just done it like we always do it for the most part, it would have been fine. We would have had plenty of time, but because we were adding the room view component, which we don't often do, but we wanted to show it to students, but realizing we had the the wrong computer. Andrea usually does stuff on her desktop. We had the laptop. We didn't have the music. We didn't have a lot of the things that we typically use. And so it was a little clunky, clunkier than normal. And when I had my team of young people photograph their rooms, I didn't specifically tell them, get the walls from edge to edge. So if there was something in the way, like a TV computer screen or whatever, they would just zoom in. Well, all you could see were these images, but you couldn't see them to the scale of the room. And so they had photographed a ton of rooms and gotten a ton of measurements, which was great. But it's really funny how when that clock is ticking, the clock was going like at super fast speed. So we bumped the client back 30 minutes so that they could come at four o'clock. We're like four to five, we'll be in and out. Um, and we just, it was tight. So we didn't export the, the layouts the way we wanted. And we just, a couple things were not exactly the way we wanted. And so, you know, that's a function of us doing it really fast, live, real time in front of people with, you know, not all of the tools that we usually have, whatever. So um, everybody got to see me in the presentation have to pivot a little bit as well which is completely fine. So that was the biggest thing with building the presentation. It got really it got done really quickly, but we then made it a little trickier by trying to to add some of the fancier things. So again, oh, we were hustling, we were on our toes, we were making those decisions real time. Back on our feet, we maybe wouldn't have done that once we realized that the room images were not at the the photograph the way that we needed them to do it. Um, we probably should have abandoned it, taken a breath and just done it the way we we easily could have without showing the room view because people don't need to know exactly where they go. It's just that they had specific rooms that we that had huge walls and I knew that we could show them really big and they would love them really big. And it's easier to, to have it that yes when you show it in their room because it's like, oh, then you show it small and it looks like really bad. <laughs> it looks like a little postage stamp on the wall. So... That was a lot about building the presentation. So they, the client showed up and we had taken down the whole stage 
I mean, think about how much had to happen in this day, you guys. Like it was it was full of energy and pressure and stress and excitement. It was so fun. So we had just such a great team. They jumped in. They took down the whole stage. We had a, a oh gosh, some type of material that my AV team found and taped up on the back wall because we thought they would have a white, you know, projector screen, but they didn't. And so we're like, Hey, what can we find a project on? Can we rent one? What can we do? Um, because they had two TVs there. That was our plan B, but they were normal sized TVs. And this was a giant room. If you're in someone's home and you project on their big screen TV, it's a little bit different, but this is a giant event space with two small TVs. And so it could have worked, but I was like, I want it as big as possible. So my awesome AV team made it work and and got, it was sort of a silver color, but it still was fine. It worked. It had some folds in it. Again, it was fine. We made it work. And so we pushed all of the rows back so that the, the husband and wife and I were up front looking at this stage. Everybody was basically behind us. Again, I told everybody, you got a zip. You're a viewer here. You're not a part of this which was always sort of my fear. Like, how will I, how will I do this without everybody wanting to jump in and throw their ideas or whatever? And uh, it, they were great. It was great, right? It was a fear that I had that was not even real. <laughs> what do they say fear is? False evidence appearing real. Um, but it, it still, they were great. My, my students were great. But we were upfront. And the other thing that made it a little tricky is we were videoing it for educational purposes. So they had to put a light on our faces and we were all mic'd so that they could see us and hear us. Typically, we're in a pitch black room um, with just the music and the, the video playing large on the wall. And so it was a little tricky because we had lights sort of in our face, which we would never have. But again, it worked fine. It, it wasn't even a big deal at all. And we were just improvising as we were going. So what happened was because we had made it a little clunky with the room views and we didn't have the presentation as tight as we normally would, again, my fault because I tried to make it too tricky, um, it took me a little bit long. Like we get in and out in an hour. And when you go over an hour, you are putting your order in jeopardy. And I think we were at about an hour 10. Um, but I knew we were getting there because we had made it really tight. They just overordered, right? They just wanted everything. And we had to cut back when they saw the total, which is not uncommon. It was a very, very, very large total. And I said, listen, um, this is large. I know you probably weren't thinking this is what you were going to be investing, but let's talk about it. How do you feel? Um, do you feel like we need to cut down? And they were like, let's cut a, at least a little bit. And we started talking through what it looked like. And we, we cut what he ended up loving. Both of them loving was the bright colored one. And we cut it down. He's like, no, no, we can't cut that down. Like, I just love that. I have to have that big. And so it was really great later to go back and debrief on all of the different conversations that were had in that just over an hour. And so, you know, looking at, at where they ended up and how they were, you know, telling themselves how much they loved it. It was really, really fun for them to see this, you know, in real time. So because we had done a few things wrong in the, in the presentation, the, the layouts weren't in the original presentation. So I was having to do extra exporting things and, you know, the software is always updating and changing. And so I was a little clunky in it, but it worked out fine. They probably didn't notice, but you know, and then at one point I realized, oh my gosh, everybody's watching me. I hope they're not freaking out because I'm they can, they know the students knew that I was, I was having a moment, but 
but I'm sure the client probably didn't because I found everything I needed quickly enough. And then the biggest thing was they they got to what they wanted. We're going to get back to them now that we have the measurements in the better wall. We're going to wrap up and, you know, I said, hey, all we need to do is get a deposit and then we'll work out all the details in the final sizes. And they're like, great. And so um, it was really fun for everybody to see that whole thing. And I said, you know, like, look, I've been doing this 25 years and I always want to get that presentation under an hour. And so even for me, like, and I know the reason was because of the things that happened because of the nature of us trying to teach. And, you know, had that been in my studio, it would have been an easy 45, 50 minute deal. Um, so, and I'm not blaming that situation, but I, I definitely identified, you know, the things that went wrong that wouldn't have. But boy, when you're under a time pressure and I'm like, Andrea, let's go. Um, it was really fun and funny. And Andrea, if you don't know who she is, she runs my studio and she's a photographer here and she's been with me for gosh, almost 17, I think years got her right out of college. Um, she was a job shadow day and, and we work really well together. That's what I think saved us is that we've photographed together for so many years. She's built my presentations that she knew exactly what to build. Like I didn't even have to go over and talk to her about it. I was like, Andrea, go do your thing, (laughs) do what it is you always do. That's magic. And then we got tripped up with the measurements and all of the things that weren't done in the exact way they needed to. Again, um, now that we're back on our feet, we we went and we did it the right way and are getting all of that put to bed. But it was super fun. Everybody loved it. We had so many takeaways. And so what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to share the takeaways in more detail because it was fascinating what the newer photographers had as takeaways versus my experienced photographers doing over six figures or multiple six figures. And you might be surprised at what they say. So make sure you are subscribing to this podcast and you get the notifications so that when that new podcast comes out, you can listen to it right away. The thing is, I knew that if my students could watch me complete a session all the way through a sales presentation, even though it was tricky for Andrea and my team and I, that it would be so helpful. There would be missing pieces that could connect the dots for them in a big way. And also, I wanted them to see that it could be easy and fun. Like at the end of the day, it's like, guys, this is what you do too, right? We just had a session. We put together the the favorites and we held the client's hand to help them pick what they wanted on their walls. They saw that the presentation was about serving, not being pushy or salesy. If you're having to be pushy or salesy, you're doing something wrong. And I'm not saying that with any judgment because I think what makes me a good coach and mentor and teacher is that any mistake that you have made or are going to make, I've already made it, (laughs) right? Because I'm doing this and I have been doing this for years. And so... I know how you fix everything, right? Everything is fixable. Write that down. Everything is fixable. We are not heart surgeons. No one's going to die because our images weren't in focus or were too dark or too light or we didn't say the right thing. Everything is fixable. And if we come at it with a spirit of partnership of, hey, client, we love you and we just want to get this right for you. I want to fix whatever I need to fix. Let's get it right. Like They're going to be fine and they're, they're going to work with you and let you fix whatever needs to be fixed. And if they're jerks, like they're jerks in life and they're unhappy, miserable people and you can't help everybody. So let that go. Let that go and work on learning and just serving the next person. 
My friend, I love that you are here. I love that you keep showing up to this podcast. You keep listening, hitting that like button and sharing it because that's how other photographers learn about this education, right? And we know a rising tide lifts all boats. So the more photographers who are learning how to serve people better, the more we're going to make change in this industry. And listen, we have some really, really fun opportunities and cool things that we're doing this fall. So enjoy this last little bit of summer. Keep putting your family first and getting yourself in a healthy place because once September 1st hits, as portrait photographers, it is go time. All over the country and the world, kids start going back to school. Parents start realizing, oh, it's time for family portraits or or whatever it is they need portraits of, and this is our season. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening, keeping the momentum, and listening to my positive voice instead of all the negative people in the world who want to tell you that you can't. Because you know what? I know for a fact that you can So keep listening, keep showing up for yourself, and let's get this business growing. Okay, friend, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I didn't know how to subscribe to a podcast. I know, I know. I'm new to this whole podcast world, but I figure, heck, if I didn't know, maybe you didn't know either. So here's the scoop. If you want to get notified on your phone each time I drop a new podcast, do this. First, if you're on an iPhone, open up the podcast app on your iPhone, type in Worth Every Penny Joycast, and you'll see a tiny purple subscribe button. Just tap it and voila. Now you'll be the first to know when there's a new episode and it'll be delivered right to your phone. So you can hit play during carpool, your drive to a session, or during your workout without having to search for it. And while you're there, if you want to tap the five-star button to review it, it's how we get the word out to other photographers who may be struggling and need help too. From your computer, you can subscribe to this podcast through the iTunes store. And if you're on an Android phone, you can listen via the Google Play Music app. And as always, this Joycast is 100% free to you.